This morning we're going to read today in John chapter 15. John chapter 15 is one of my favorite chapters in all of the Bible. And I, I love to visit this text and be able to preach from it when the Lord leads and guides. And I remember uh, preaching from John 15, uh, the, about the first week I arrived in Paraguay to spend there some time there. So John 15 has some special memories for me as well as preaching from it today. And uh, we're going to, John 15 is a long chapter, so we're not going to be able to read the whole thing this morning, but we're going to read some uh, parts of it to kind of uh, gain a picture of what Jesus is talking about as he talks in John 15 about being the vine. And so this morning, we're going to look at verses 1 and 2 to start in John 15. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine grower. He removes every branch in me that bears no fruit, and every branch that bears fruit he prunes to make it bear more fruit. In verse 7, if you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. And my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. And now we're going to skip down to verse 15. I do not call you servants any longer, because the servant does not know what the master is doing. But I have called you friends, because I have made known to you everything that I heard from my Father. And you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. And I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. What a great passage of scripture and so many things for us to learn from this morning. And to, this morning, I want to uh, talk to you today about fruit that never spoils. Now, as you see here today, I have some fruit. And guess what? In about three days, it's not going to be any good. In three days, it's probably going to turn a color, and especially uh, the bananas, that is going to be unappealing, unappetizing, and you never want to touch again. Just throw it right in the trash. Maybe it'll last a little longer. I don't know. You know, uh, the Americans, we, we like to spray color on them and make them look good, so they have the appearance of looking good a little longer than maybe they should. But anyways, that's fruit. And you know, the thing about fruit is, is that it has an expiration date. We know that. When you go and you shop at the store, you know that it's only going to last so long. You know that you have to eat it within a certain time frame. You know that it is only good in your kitchen table or your basket or wherever you put your fruit for a certain amount of time. But the Bible talks about fruit in a different light. And the Bible talks about fruit in a way that is never spoiling. Spiritual fruit. Of course, it's not this banana. This banana will pass away. But the spiritual fruit that God calls us all to bear is the type of fruit that is not intended to pass away. The Bible tells us clearly in later parts of John 15, as we read there, that you will bear fruit and fruit that will last. And so this morning, I want to talk to you in a little bit of greater detail about fruit that never spoils. Fruit that never spoils. 
The chief goal of every Christian here today, of every believer that's gathered here this morning, every person in this room, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, hear the words of Jesus today. We've been called to bear fruit. Every one of us, every person in this room, every person who says Jesus is Lord, we've been called to bear fruit. Not, type, not, not banana type of fruit that's going to spoil, but the type of fruit that will last, that will go on and on and on and on. And so you have to ask the question a little bit more than what does that say about that type of fruit? What type of fruit is that? What type of fruit is going to keep going on and on and never spoil? Obviously, the Bible teaches us that the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. So we have to understand that this type of fruit that Jesus is talking about must have something to do with our eternal purpose and life and the eternal lives as we talked last week that we are even beginning to live in this very moment now. Western Christianity has kind of developed this idea that a sign of success for churches and the sign of success in Christianity in America is whatever, wherever there is a big crowd. But listen, I've gone to lots of places where there have been big crowds and they have been gathered for many reasons that are not honoring to the Lord Jesus. Large crowds are not a sign of success, but Jesus teaches us that the sign of success is where there is a bearing of much fruit. The Bible doesn't equate a success in the Christian life and success in the church world as being great numbers of people. The Bible equates success in the Christian life of what is bearing of fruit, fruit that comes from our lives, fruit that is a picture of God's work in our lives and in our midst even so today. And so we're going to talk about that fruit a little bit. And so Jesus starts by telling them these simple words. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower. We know that if you and I are connected to Jesus, if we have given our lives to Jesus, there is life. And where there is life, there is the life to create growth, to create fruit. Just like this banana was connected to a banana tree and you, someone watched them grow to get to a certain point, reached up there with a, a, a knife and cut it down. That's the same way in our spiritual lives. We are connected to a source that is created creating growth and life in us. And so for in order for there to be fruit at all, there has to be a connection to Jesus. There has to be a life in Jesus Christ. And I know that's kind of stating the obvious, but sometimes we need to be reminded of that because the fruit that we're talking about today isn't going to come from any human effort. It doesn't matter how hard you try in your Christian life. You and I can never produce fruit in and of ourselves. It's the Bible teaches us clearly here. It's God who is the vine grower and Jesus is the vine. Ecclesiastes introduces this interesting verse that I want to show you here today because what a great encouragement it is, is to us today to understand this principle about where life comes from. Ecclesiastes 9.4 says this, Anyone who is among the living has hope. Even a living dog is better off than a dead lion. Isn't that a great word there? Even a living dog is better off than a dead lion. And boy, I thought through this for a minute and I kind of put my mind to it. And I thought this is oftentimes how some of us get left in the Christian life. That if I have the appearance of a force of power, as Paul calls it, there is a form 
of godliness, but lacking the power thereof. And even though it might look like a strong and powerful and roaring animal, it's no good if it's dead. It's not going to do anything dead. And so Solomon in all of his wisdom says, even a living dog who compared to the lion is lunch. Even a living dog is better off than a dead lion. And so the sign of life in our lives today is the life-giving presence of the Holy Spirit at work in us, intended to produce fruit, intended to cause life to come so that fruit may come. And there may be many who have the appearance of a lion. They look powerful, but without the life of the Holy Spirit working and moving through us and abiding in us, it is nothing helpful to our world. There is no fruit if it is dead. And so today we're going to talk about fruit that never spoils, understanding that all fruit, first off, it comes from the life-giving presence of the Holy Spirit at work in us, coming from Jesus as the vine. And so some thoughts on spiritual growth today. All of us, we need spiritual growth, right? The Bible teaches us that over and over again. Jesus teaches us that here in John 15, that we need spiritual growth. Paul tells some of the churches that he writes to, he says, you've got to go from the place where you're no longer drinking milk like a baby. You have to be able to eat meat. You have to be able to eat solid foods. And so there is a place in our lives where we have to go from infancy to spiritual growth. And this is a great place for us to start today to understand spiritual growth and spiritual fruit that God intended for us. And the first thing I want to show you here today is this, all spiritual growth is initiated by God. All spiritual growth is initiated by God. Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine grower, and he removes every branch in me that bears no fruit, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes to make it bear more fruit. Jesus is explicitly pointing us to spiritual growth that comes from resting in God. God is the vine grower. And if God is the vine grower, he is the one who is going to cause fruit to come from our lives. Listen, we need, to, we need love in our world. We need joy. We're going to talk about that in a few minutes. We need peace. All those wonderful things the Bible tells us about in Galatians 5 we need. But those things do not come from within us. They come from God. They are the source of God himself. And so if God is the initiator, then this is why Jesus said, abide in me and I will abide in you. Because in order for there to be growth, there has to be you and I resting in God, placing ourselves in him, abiding in a relationship with Jesus, whatever it means for you, reading the Bible, praying, fasting, seeking the Lord. Spiritual growth is not confined to just one of those things. It's the culmination of all of a life that is in pursuit of God seeking him face to face, desiring him. It's a heart that says, I want to love God and however I can love God, I'm going to do it. A question was asked to a, a, a young mother one time who was wondering about God's love and wondering about loving God. And she, she asked this gentleman one time, she said, uh, you know, I don't really know if I love God. And so the gentleman asked her, she, he said, well, do you love your daughter? 
She said, absolutely. She said, do you, when you wake up in the morning, do you have to make up in your mind you're going to love your daughter? He, she said, no, it's just spontaneous. It just comes from within. And then so in the same way, he told her, he said, it's in the same way. When the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God in our hearts, it's a love that just comes from out with, from within us. It's not a type of love that you have to go and check off of the bookshelf and use and bring. No, it's a love. If you love someone, you freely give it. You freely Pour it out, just like you would with your own child, brother, sister, mother, father. That's the what type of a life that is abiding in Jesus. It's a love that is pointed towards Jesus. Our spiritual lives are intended to stay connected to Jesus continually. Continually. Listen, even, even just an hour of this orange coming off of the tree, even just an hour of staying away from its source of life, guess what's going to happen to it? It's going to die. Recently, my wife and I were in California and we were visiting this botanical garden and I had the best oranges I ever had in my life. I mean, they were so sweet, so delicious. But when I looked around, I noticed that on the ground were a bunch of oranges. And I thought to myself, what a shame, what a waste. All of those oranges laying on the ground, they had begun to turn white and green and begin to mold because what happened? They fell off of the tree. They got disconnected from the source of life. And guess what? They were no longer any good. Our spiritual lives are not intended to come check in and check out. We are in called to intend to abide in Jesus. Jesus uses this word for us, abide, so that we may understand. It's like building a house. When you and I have a relationship with Jesus, it's not the type of like nomad life. Well, maybe I'll come and go. It's like we go on a camping trip, come in and come back. No, it's the type of life that is intended to be understood like establishing a house. I'm going to live there. I'm going to dwell there. I'm going to stay there. That's what our spiritual lives are supposed to be. Abiding in Jesus. Stay in that sweet place where there is all the source of life for us to grow. Human effort will result in fruit that spoils. It doesn't matter how hard I try to love somebody. I myself do not have it within me to love. You and I don't have it within us to love. If God is love, then how can I work that up in me? But if the Holy Spirit is working through me, who is God, he can therefore help me love people as God would intend it to do. But my own human effort, it will fail. It will result in a tragedy of a lack of what is intended to be in the spiritual life. It comes from abiding in Jesus. It's initiated by God who is the vine grower who tends to the branches he prunes he so that we might bear more fruit the second thing Jesus tells them I want to show you here today in bearing fruit that never spoils in verse 7 he says if you abide in me and my words abide in you ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. And my Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and becoming my disciples. Second thing I want to show you is this. God is glorified when we bear much fruit. God is glorified when we bear much fruit. The Christian life is intended to reflect the life-giving power of the Spirit. Jesus said it this way in the Sermon on the Mount. Let your light so shine before others so that they may see your good deeds and 
glorify your Father in heaven. A life that is planted in Jesus, abides in Jesus, will result in good deeds and good works that glorify God. And that's the way it's intended to be, that you and I, from this place of abiding in Jesus, it's not just to be so that we just become a people of consumption and we keep it all to ourselves. It's meant so that it would be given back to the world and glorify God. When the Holy Spirit is at work in us and it is resulting in doing things for God in the earth, it glorifies God. God is made satisfied and happy by fruit that is planted from dwelling and abiding in him. And isn't it a wonderful thing to know that God is praised just when you and I spend time abiding in him and therefore fruit comes from that? Isn't it a wonderful thing to know that when you and I come to prayer meeting and we spend time seeking God in prayer, God is glorified because fruit is coming from that in our spiritual lives. Fruit that is coming that is going to praise God and honor him. God is glorified when we bear, watch what he said, little fruit. No, he didn't call us to bear little fruit. God's not the God of little. God's the God of much. And God called us to bear much fruit. And you know what? That's a testimony. Because you and I and of our own selves, before I came to the Lord Jesus, there was very little good I did in the world. But when Jesus came and dwelt through me and empowered me with love, joy, peace, and all the wonderful things you could talk about today, all the things that we did for him and how it glorified him, God was glorified that God could take us, just sinful creatures, fallen people, and therefore cause us to bear much fruit, to produce a fruit that glorifies him. More than a banana tree, more than an orange tree. When you talk about the spiritual quantity it's more than you can ever put your eyes upon because it comes from God himself and God is glorified when we bear much fruit thirdly Jesus goes in this in verse 15 in fruit that never spoils he says this I do not call you servants any longer because the servant does not know what the master is doing but I have called you friends I have called you friends because I have made known to you everything that I heard from my Father. You did not choose me, but I chose you. Did you know today that Jesus calls you and I as Christians his friends? He calls us his friends. And I don't know about you, but friendship is a, is a hard thing to develop and cultivate. It's a hard thing to have a friend that will stay with you throughout your life and the the world shows us and statistics show us that as you grow older, it's harder to develop lifelong friends. But when you have them, you know they're there and you know they're not going anywhere. But in the spiritual life, Jesus has called us friends. And in bearing fruit that never spoils, we have been called friends of God because we have been invited into the plan of God. What Jesus is saying is this, is that God has called us friends because he wants us to share in the joys of being a disciple of Jesus, share in the joys of fulfilling the plans of God in the earth. Abiding in Jesus and living a life that abides in Jesus, dwelling and making our living in Jesus. Moments in the day where we open up our heart and we pray, we read the scripture, we fast, we worship, however it might be, where we abide in Jesus. This is a reflection of the glorious friendship we have with Jesus. 
was a person who prays is a person who has a friendship with Jesus. A person who reads the Bible is a person who has a friendship with Jesus. A person who lifts up their hands and worship is a person who has a friendship with Jesus because it is a reflection of the glorious relationship with Jesus. And we understand that God has called me friend. And if he has called me friend, then I should do everything in my humanly means possible to get to know Jesus as my friend. Paul said it this way, I want to know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. It's not enough to know about Jesus. There's a lot of people in our world, they might, not, they might know about Jesus, but they don't know him. But the joy for you and I is that Jesus has called us into a friendship. And there's a lot of people in our world, they're very lonely. They're very isolated. And we know from what we see in our world, it's increasing. Loneliness, depression, all of those things that are increasing in the world. But if you and I would recognize what Scripture says here today, even in our loneliness, Jesus has called us friends. Even in our brokenness, as we sing, Jesus has called us friends. Even in those places, those destitute places, Jesus has called us friends. There's a picture I want to show you on the screen here today to kind of paint this a little bit better. And this is the picture of spiritual gifts versus spiritual fruit, a little cartoon. And you see a line of people are lined up for the gifts of the Spirit, but on the fruit of the Spirit, there's nobody in line. And I thought, what a perfect image of this verse right here. That the life that you and I have been called to live in is an abiding relationship with Jesus. There is often this thought in American Christianity that if I will pursue the gifts of the Spirit but forsake the fruit of the Spirit, then I will obtain some type of, I don't know, spiritual something. But whatever it might be. But that is emptiness. That is the life that recognizes I don't want a friendship. I just want what God has to give me or offer. And it's all about trying to make ourselves look good. But what you'll understand in this is that spiritual fruit isn't intended to make us look good. It's intended to make Jesus look good. And when you have a life that is sought after developing a hunger for God's fruit dwelling in us, living in us, then it's a lifestyle that says, how can I possibly glorify Jesus better with my life? How can I honor God more with my life? That isn't to say that we shouldn't pursue spiritual gifts, but it is to say there needs to be a proper balance of the two. So Jesus goes on and he tells them, and fourthly, I want to show you this. You did not choose me, but I chose you. And I appointed you to go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that the Father will give you whatever you ask him in my name. And I am giving you these commands so that you may love one another. The amazing thing about that verse is this, and oftentimes I've heard this uh, throughout my time in ministry, people say, you know, I'm just trying to figure out what God has called me to do. And that's a good thing. We all need to discern and pray and ask God, what has God called me to do? But nonetheless, we all know this. Every person that is a believer in Jesus in this room listening today has known this, that God has called and appointed every single one of us to bear fruit. Not this type of fruit. Well, maybe God calls you to be a gardener. That might be a blessing to some people. But I'm talking about the type of spiritual fruit. Every person in this room today has been appointed to bear fruit. Go and bear fruit, Jesus said. Go and produce a world of fruit in our world that, are, that will show the love of Jesus. 
And the thing that we see here about this is that Jesus says this, when you go and bear fruit, it will be fruit that will never spoil, fruit that will last. And when God produces fruit, it remains and never perishes. When love goes out into the world from the Holy Spirit, it's not something that will perish away like this orange. When joy goes out in the world, it's not something that will pass away. No, it will last. It will go on and on because those are measures of eternity. Those are signs of an eternal work at work inside of us. And so we have to ask the question today, what is the goal of spiritual fruit? Galatians 5 said it this way. The fruit of the Spirit is this, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And Paul adds, and against such there is no law. Against such there is no law. So what is the goal of all of this spiritual fruit? We haven't been called to just bear fruit, to, to look pretty. That's not what God has called us to do, just to be a tree that has fruit. No, God didn't call us. Jesus said this, go and bear fruit, fruit that will last so that you may love one another. Love one another. The goal of all the spiritual fruit in our lives is so that we may love God and love others. So that we may produce a harvest in our world of God's love, making his goodness known in all of the earth. It's the type of love that is demonstrated like we see throughout the volunteers of this church every week when they step into the community and they offer help in the name of Jesus. It's loving others. And that type of love isn't love that you just go and you buy at Walmart. That type of love comes from a dwelling relationship with Jesus. It flows out of you. You're not looking for anything in return. You don't want anything to be given back to you because it is a love that simply exudes from a, an abiding relationship in Jesus. Someone said it this way, talking about the fruit of the Spirit, that the first, the first fruit that is listed in all of those fruits of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit rather, that is listed there, the first one that is listed is love. And it's been said that all the other eight can be summed up in that word love. Love, joy is love exalting. Peace is love and repose. Long-suffering is love on trial. Gentleness is love in society. Goodness is love in action. Faith is love on the battlefield. Meekness is love at school. And temperance is love in train, training. So it is let love all the way. Love at the top, love at the bottom, and love all the way along down these graces. And if we only just brought forth the fruit of the Spirit, what a world we would have. The writer goes on to say, if this was the case, there would be no need for policemen. There would be no need for a society of courts and rulers. Why? Because love would flow. And if the love of the Holy Spirit it was at work in us, all of these things would come and be made known. The Bible doesn't say, oftentimes it's, it's, it's brought in a plural sense, the fruits of the Spirit. No, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit. It's not something that you and I work up through effort, balancing all of these things. It simply comes from an abiding relationship in Jesus. Just like when you go and abide in Jesus and there's a sense of joy that comes, there will also be a sense of long-suffering that comes when you're going through the worst trial in your life that says, I know God is faithful and I'm going to make it. It's that type of fruit that comes. It's fruit that will remain. No one can take that from you. No one can rob that from you. That's a fruit that comes from the Holy Spirit. And what God produces, it will last. It will never spoil. 
And I want to encourage you today in the midst of our world that we're living in and all the things that are happening, you and I have been called afresh today. And oh, how I sense this from the Lord this morning to go and bear fruit. Fruit that will remain. Listen, we've been talking over the past few weeks about eternity and laying up treasures in heaven and on earth. Trophies and rewards and plaques and promotions. All of those things will pass away. But this type of fruit, it will last forever. It will be seen in eternity. It will be measured in heaven. It will be realized in heaven. God will reward long-suffering. God will reward joy. God will reward peace. And you and I will have a sense of this fruit even so more in all of eternity. And it comes from bearing fruit in Jesus. As the musicians come, I want to encourage you today to have a fresh heart today and knowing this morning that we did not choose Jesus. He chose us. He chose us. Why did he choose us? He might have choose us to sing or preach and that, that might be one of the things. But one of the things that we cannot negate, all of us here today, is every one of us have been called to bear fruit. He's chose us for that. You've been chosen for that today. My friend, today, you feel like you don't have a purpose in the world? I want to tell you that you've been chosen to bear fruit. You've been chosen to love one another. You've been chosen to go forth in the world and bear the type of love that even when your enemies make fun of you, they laugh at you, they ridicule you, there is something that happens that you don't understand. I still love them, Lord. I don't know why. I still love them. Because it comes from an abiding relationship in Jesus. And when you and I abide in Jesus, what will come from us is that type of joy love and peace really this is the answer to all of our problems here today you'll know paul notes a lot of things there love joy peace long suffering here all the things that you and i get worried and frustrated about jesus just says this come back to the vine come back and rest in me stay in me jesus says build your house here Set up your dwelling place here. Put a bed here. Stay here. Live in the dwelling relationship of Jesus. Because he's called you friend today. Will you stand with me? I want to bear fruit that never spoils, don't you? I want to bear fruit that I don't have to look at rotting. But fruit I know in all of eternity, it's making a difference. This morning, if that's you today, and you just would like to join me this morning up front and just come and stand, Lord, I want to bear fruit so that the world may know that you are God and that you love them. Will you just come with me and just kind of a, agreeing to the, together today that we're going to be a church that bears fruit. We're not going to be a church that's worried about some things that are maybe focused on in the Western world. We're going to be a church that's concerned God, I want to bear fruit today. I know I'm not the, the best temperament person. I know I'm not the best loving person. But God, I know that if you come and work in me and I abide in you, love will come from me I've never seen before. Joy will come from me I have never laid eyes before. A peace I have never known will come I have never seen before. Gentleness will come I don't even understand, but it will come. Self-control will come I don't know, but it will come. This morning, if that's you, would you just come this morning and just agreeing together? Oh, God, help us to bear fruit. Lord, your word taught us today, abide in you. 
And if we abide in you, you will abide in us and we will bear much fruit. And apart from you, Lord, we can do nothing today. God, today we want to bear fruit that never spoils. We don't want our world to be turned away by the wickedness of the flesh. Lord, the, we know the flesh walks in one way, but we want to walk in the spirit today. And we want to bear fruit today that is resembling of Jesus, Lord. We want to bear fruit today that makes you look good in the world, Lord. That not, not brings a reproach to the name of Jesus, but that honors you and glorifies you and praises you. So, Lord, today help us to bear fruit today. Lord, I know that this isn't an easy thing to do because it requires us to stay focused on you, to stay seeking you, trusting in you. But, oh God, that you might give us fresh times of seeking you, Lord in prayer, in reading our Bible, in fasting, in worship, and just dwelling in the sweetness of a friendship with Jesus. Oh God, help us today to bear fruit today. Help us to bear fruit. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Jesus. We need you, Lord, today. If that's you, just come this morning. Would you just come and agree with us today? We want to be a church that bears fruit today. We want to be a church that bears love in the world, peace in the world, Loving kindness, oh God, help us today. Give us fruit.